Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Fridays we do something on the show called, well, we have the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio is what we like to call it. And it is a little bit of everything that's been going on during the week. And I just hope that I have the the ability to stay awake through the whole thing, not because my guest is not brilliant. It's because I made the the mistake, the poor judgment, the the lack of discernment move to drive through a particular establishment before doing the show and mow down on the always quality McRib. Tim Bolin from CHCH Morning Live. You have never made the mistake of diving into a McRib, have you? Give me the review. See, I had not had a McRib for probably 20 years, and I thought, I want to see if it's as I remember. And I've learned something about the McRib or any other rib product, Tim, and that is this. As long as you have rib sauce on anything, it it counts as ribs. It tastes like ribs. But it's um I, I don't know that I'll be back for another 20 years. How is the tummy feeling? As I say, I'm gonna strive to make it through <laughs> the next two hours. Here's what I don't get. Here's what I don't get about this. And this is my own fault. I'm a sucker for this. And maybe you can help me ex- understand this. I know what ribs taste like. You know yeah. what ribs taste like. Yet somehow they put out a product and say, oh, you got to try McRib. And I'm like, yeah, I got to try it. Because somehow I am convinced by, as a weak-minded person by the advertising, I really need to know if it tastes like ribs. Why is that? Why do I need to know? I know what ribs are. What's your usual order? There? Yeah. I don't, I well, I don't go often. And it's usually, uh, I don't have a usual, it's sort of a wrap usually, which is like the least unhealthy thing. (laughs) Well, I know, but that's not like a, that's not a Mickey D's order. Like for years, obviously the Big Mac was always the go-to. Then like the the, the Big Mac for me um, has like, as I've gotten later in life, just doesn't sit with the old, uh, the old tummy as it used to. So I'm just like, I'm like a double cheeseburger guy now. And I'm I'm happy with my double cheeseburg. Sometimes I go side wrap too, uh, just for like. <laughs> yeah, I just what just, I don't just yeah. just, for, just, for, just to wet the whistle. <laughs> um, yeah, what I, I don't know. get, Tim, is why when I see an ad like Tim Hortons will come out with something saying, "Oh, we've got our new summer peach drink," and it's like, well, why do I feel the need to taste their peach drink? Because I know what peach tastes like, and yet somehow. When a company puts out something that says it's our new flavor, even though it's a familiar flavor, I kind of somehow get dragged into going, I got to try that. It's good advertising, or I'm just really a weak person. I don't know. Is there toppings on it? Like, what is it? Is it just bun and a rib? I've never had it. I've honestly, Radley, I've never had it before. So I don't even know. It is a, I, I, um, how do I describe this without getting us banished from the establishment? (laughs) Best I can describe it is a lengthy, ish bun with a slab of what is described as rib and a lot of rib sauce and some pickles. And I can't remember oh, if there was anything else. Okay, yeah. So were you, were you in the pickle game? Because oh, I, I'm all over the pickles. I, which I, is, it, it, the unsung hero of a sandwich. It really is. This is why Chick-fil-A remains the greatest fast food establishment because it's just chicken and a pickle. Yeah. You know, I always go on Sundays and I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. That is very true. 
but no, I as I say, I just I'm I I always hate myself that I get lured into these places to try these things, and it's not just McDonald's; it's any one of them. I am invariably disappointed because it's like well i already knew. if i wanted a peach drink if i want to taste the new banana smoothie somewhere i can make a banana smoothie at home it's going to be better with real bananas and yet somehow i feel the need to do this and as i say i mean kudos to the advertisers for figuring out how to get suckers like me in but man it's um not a good move right before doing a two-hour radio show you're a man of the people people want to hear what scott radley thinks of the mcrib and this is this is this is why you do it, pal. The the only worst decision that one can make is when they bring back the McLobster. <laughs> because have you, ever, have you ever had that one? Uh, I think I can't. I think I have because if there's okay. one thing, if there's one place you're going to go to for fine dining and high end lobster, it's McDonald's. You, well, where are you at with with lobster to begin with? Love it. Love okay. it. Okay. Love it. Do love you it, find it, it like it, you have to work so hard to get to your actual food? That's the only thing. I'm just like, why do I have to work a lot to get to something that is delicious when you dip it in some butter? You telling me that at CHCH Morning Live, you don't have people to do that for you? We do not have people to do that for me. Uh, no, local local news, pal. We we do that all ourselves. <laughs> but listen, I, you know what? We do have lobster for breakfast every now and again in that beautiful canteen that we have our guests into. So we are very lucky that way. You uh, you guys are probably the earliest lobster consumers in the city and also probably on some shows, the earliest liquor consumers yeah, in the city of Hamilton, within moderation. So, in my in a former life, when I used to go out into the community, now I'm just stuck behind the desk desk with my uh with my work wife, and I I feel I have to represent today, like um my lovely work wife uh, Annette Hom represented a couple of weeks ago with you, so I I'm feeling the pressure. But when I used to go, I used to go out into the community and and do things and 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 visit establishments in wine country and visit all the wonderful eateries that are in town. Like I would, we would be out and just you'd people see people like they drive by. There's like, what are you eating today, Tim? <laughs> like they would just like, hey, what are you drinking, bud? You know what I mean? Like you're getting a bit of a rap because you're just you're out there all the time. But I'm doing it just to. It's just like I'm just trying to inform. That's all I, I'm trying to do. I right? agree. No, I absolutely. That's you are you are. You are basically a professor of Hamilton, <laughs> teaching about Hamilton and all that it has to offer. Star, really, of CHCH Morning Live. We won't tell Annette Hom that we called him that, but, you know, as long as he's here, he's the star. When she's on, we call her the star. You know how it works, Tim. Well, I just think I deserve a bonus for that <laughs> right there. Well, funny you mention that because I want to get into this. This week, there was a, a Commons hearing uh, on a uh, hearing in Ottawa about the CBC and about the idea that many people apparently at the CBC are going to be getting executive bonuses or performance pay or whatever word you want to call it. The president or the head of CBC, Catherine Tate, wouldn't call them bonuses. But this is a this is an organization that is short of funding somehow, uh, needs more money, it says, and viewership is not spectacular. And yet they, she would not rule out the idea of bonuses being paid to staff people. I, I don't care if we want to talk CBC specifically or not, but who should get, I mean, in general, in life, who should get bonuses? Quickly, I want to go back to Adrian Arsenault. Do you, do you remember this on the National when she interviewed Catherine Tate? I guess I do. 
ago when there were a bunch of they announced that there was going to be layoffs on the CBC. Correct. And she's interviewing her boss live on TV. And she asked her specifically this question about executives getting bonuses. And I think Catherine Tate was taken back by it because she didn't really have an answer for it. So and, and it was it was applauded by anybody in the media being able to like good on Adrian Arsenal as a journalist being able to ask the questions that needed to be asked. So um, for that, well done. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Um, OK, so here's the thing. Um, bonuses. Yeah, it's. It, bonuses it's it, it's incentive based it, it is important for many professions because going back to when i started in the workforce like working for tips you know what i mean my wife actually works in the service business still working for tips like i would consider because you're working for something to get rewarded for something so i don't there's no problem with bonuses um when you're when there is like a measurable attainable goal that you're that you need to that you need to achieve that's the positive when when it comes to executives to employees the only thing is if you're if it's based on something that is the detriment of your employees which we know is the case for a lot of organizations that's when it's the downfall of bonuses because people are losing their jobs and it creates a different wage gap within our within our society because the richer who are making a better wage they need they want to make that bonus but it's the detriment to other people that's where it's the issue I, I, what I don't understand is this. If you are in a position where as an executive you are saying we have to lay people off, that to me, by definition, is we have not done as well as we should. How you then say, but everybody has achieved their performance bonuses or their, have hit the standards. If you have hit the standards, you should not need to be laying people off. That means you've done well. And if you are still giving bonuses saying you've hit the standards, the mark that you need to hit to hit those standards is clearly woefully low. It, it it almost becomes embarrassing to say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, our company lost millions of dollars, but you know, we hit the mark that we were supposed to hit. Well, who decided on this mark then to say that was good enough? That's what I don't get. And CBC or anything, it seems a bonus should be for doing something exceptional. Yeah. I I I'm I I'm with you. We're like I'm trying to create something here where Where do we create, where do we, where, where can it be the point where bonuses are, because within the sales, within the sales society, of course, bonuses are going to be a thing because that's, if it's in a retail environment. Now, sometimes in a retail environment, we're having work in retail as well. You, you maybe don't want that because then people are pushing things on you and you, that's, that's not the kind of style that a lot of people want as soon as they're walking into a, a, a certain spot. Um, but there, but the incentive-based initiative, I think even in this society, as maybe um, Gen Zs need to be motivated more, maybe we do need bonuses to, to kind of help them along. This is kind of old man Tim talking. No, Just but I, and I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. And I think that if you... Um, if you set a target that is something um, aspirational 
and you succeed at that, I don't have a problem with a bonus. It's the idea that a bonus is supposed to almost be an automatic. It's it's like that scene in Christmas Vacation where Clark Griswold is upset. He goes, You're, some of us consider bonuses part of our salary. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's not, it's a bonus. If it was your salary, it's your salary. And if it's a bonus, it's something, I just, as I say, I look at this and I don't have an objection to people getting bonuses. I just think you should achieve something pretty good to get that. It shouldn't, I don't know that too many people, I don't know that everybody in an office should get a bonus every year. That to me says we've set the bar at a very mediocre level. Have you ever worked with bonuses, like getting bonuses, like in your world? Uh, I have, well, I I did for a time work as a waiter. So tips, yeah, uh, not yeah. a long time. And so again, I don't even tips, you know, I like we sort of now tips is built into the bill almost, but if someone does something really good, people will often give a greater tip. Well, I have no problem with that. And I think that inspires or should inspire those who work in the business to say, look, if I do a really, really great job, I can make even more as opposed to everybody gets the same, no matter if you're good at your job or bad. Yeah. Like the tipping thing has gone insane. Well, it has. You know what I mean? you, like just at, at your local coffee shop where you're just making a coffee or just making a sandwich, or you're just like grabbing something off a shelf. And then, and then, then, then you're, you're handed the, the machine and it's like 18 or 25%. And you're just like, huh, mm. <laughs> what are we, what are we doing? What, where are we now? You know what I mean? So like that is, and, and I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm in a household where my significant other, that, that is her, that, that is her profession where that like a lot of there, there is income that, that, that does come from that. So I do, I do support that bonus structure or that tipping structure, but she's a hardworking individual that deserves it. You know what I mean? When you're working for something, then, then you should be given that if, if it, if it's set out in ahead of time. So, you know, you're, you're working hard to achieve something. Tim, just when we're talking now, you mentioned that now you go to a store or a restaurant, a coffee shop, and the thing will pop up on the screen saying, would you like to tip 25%? And I, again, I don't have a problem. I have no problem giving a great tip to someone who gives great service. But what do we do to the people who give really poor service? And we know that it may not be the majority. It may be a small minority, but we know there are great, great, great servers and we know there are really the opposite of that. Should you feel guilty if the service you get is atrocious at a restaurant and you don't tip at all? Okay, so here's where I'm at with this because it is close to my heart because as I mentioned earlier, there is somebody in the household that is um, connected to the service industry. And I do know if somebody doesn't tip well, to a server it does affect other people within that restaurant okay because a, a lot of a lot of places do have what they call a tip pool you know what i mean so it's not going directly to that person it's it's going into a big pool where there's other people within the restaurant if it's back a house um that that get those tips too and there's also and what also what's called a, a tip pool because you do have to the tips that you get, you have to like tip out to. So there is a percentage of the, the time that you work that you actually have to give back. 
So there's, there's, there's times even way back when I used to work in the industry too, that if you don't get tip for, for something, um, that you might actually have to pay for the table. Oh, okay. Okay. That, 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 that is a certain situation. Now, if you do something horribly wrong, okay, maybe you don't deserve a tip. The other thing is within like serving, they're not making, they're making less money than others based on those tips. So there is a conversation about like, do we still need to be tipping at, at restaurants because the tipping thing has got out, has, has gotten out of control. The only thing about that, then, then the prices on, on the menu items are going to be going up because they need to make that money somewhere else to pay the people to work in the restaurants, because that goes back to the bonus structure, because why are people going to be working at the restaurant? If they're just getting just minimum wage, they're not going to be busting their behinds because that's what you want. That's what you want somebody to be doing because they know it should be in the end worked out in the final bill and that final tip. Here's another thing, Scott, that I do want to mention too. Um, there's good servers, there's bad servers. It all comes down to communication. You just got to be communicating with the table. If something's going wrong, you got to let the table know. Not everybody's a good communicator because it's sometimes it's not up to, it, 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 if, it, if, it, if something is going bad, it might not be their fault. It could be um, a number of, things going no question on. no question and and you know i mean i do have i don't know uh and i'm not just bailing myself out here i don't know if i have ever not left a tip i yeah. don't remember ever not even though sometimes the service has not been great i my dad was um among and i i say this sincerely among the most generous people ever and i can remember only once that he did not tip and where it was, it, where did that come from? Where, what was that based on? That was, it, we were at the Queen Mary in Los Angeles in the, in the restaurant there. And the service was so bad. It was so unbelievably bad that it ruined the meal. I'm saying, where does his generosity, where was his oh, generosity? Oh, well, okay. Now that we've hung the Queen Mary out to dry. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, he just, he just was an unbelievably, he believed in tipping. I'll tell you a very funny story about him. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he had had a stroke at the end and was brought home when it was clear that he was not going to get better. And so we brought him home. The patient transport vehicle that brought him home he couldn't speak anymore but he could move barely uh when they brought him into the house he was sort of waving his finger at my mom which was basically telling her tip the people who brought me here like the patient <laughs> transport people that was the kind of so that's yeah. who he was and the one time service was so atrocious yeah. he would not give a tip and so that you know i i guess there's always a a, a, a moment but let's go back just for the a minute here to CBC or executive bonuses because uh, waiters again wait people in service industry yeah. I get it to me though if you're an executive I think there should if you're already an executive there should be already an expectation of excellence a bonus should happen only if you do something that brings such unbelievable results to the business that you get extra because you're already being paid handsomely and that job to me comes with a underlying assumption you're going to be great at your job. I don't know that I'm looking at the fact that every executive for modest achievements should get a bonus. 
So let's go, let's go the other side here because um, executives, I'm, I'm, I'm not, an, I'm not an executive. Do executives can, it can be a, a tough gig because you do have to make decisions that could yes. be cutthroat. Maybe not everybody. I would not want to be an executive because I have to make those type of decisions. You know what I mean? You're being a boss is not something that I want to, that I want to do, but it does, it does doing those type of things be allow you to be able to be, I don't know, um, given the, uh, given the ability to, to make more money. I don't, I, well, you're start presumably an executive is already making a decent salary, especially at the CBC. I don't think anybody who's an executive at the CBC is at the food bank. I really don't. And so if someone there figures something out that turns things around, that brings in millions of dollars in revenue, that drives up ratings, makes a big, big difference. I, I, I don't have a problem with a bonus for that. The idea though, of sort of from the sound of it across the board, almost bonuses to everybody, not everybody can be excellent every single year to the point to, in my mind, where as an executive, you should be getting a bonus. This is create. This is a bigger conversation, though, Scott. Too, because this is this is we're getting into like wage gap stuff. You know what I mean? Rich poor stuff. You know what I mean? But like, whereas like, well, and entitlement. It, it it sounds entitled to a lot of people to say, regardless, we've set the bar of what what earns you a bonus. Obviously, not at a unusual level. If almost everybody seems to be getting a bonus, then and we do we do know that 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 happens. Somebody to to get a bonus are going to have to lay off people. Like. Going home and looking in the mirror, how what how does that how does that feel knowing that you like you've had to eliminate jobs for you to achieve mm. your bonus? Let's leave it right there with that one because that is poignant. It really is. Um, one thing I don't think you've ever done this on Morning Live, although I may have just missed the episode. Have you ever had to do the whole ice bath thing? Have you ever done that? The um, ice tub. No. So like we did, like, I remember like you remember the ice bucket challenge, but I've yeah. never actually, Oh shoot. You know what? I did do it. Um, I was at a spa outside of Barry. Yeah. So I, but it was like, it was, it, it wasn't a nice bath, but it was one of those like cold tub things. Like an athlete it, thing. Like that. The yeah. Well, it was just like, you no, know, it was like a, yeah, not like those, one of those athlete things, but it was just like one of those cold, like you go like hot, cold type things. I don't know. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's not my thing. Man. Well, I've, I'm trying to figure out the, uh, you've probably seen this. Many people listening have probably seen this. There is this, what do we call it? A fad now or a uh, health thing that sure. people are dunking themselves and like, not just dunking, but staying in these tubs, filled with ice water and i i sometimes watch these things online and think okay i just talked at the start of the show about how i got suckered into going and trying a mcrib again because of advertising who decide who watches this and goes you know what i really gotta do i gotta i gotta recreate the last scene in titanic that's what i gotta do that seems like a good idea i don't get it it actually takes me back to being a kid, like, because I grew up on a farm in a small house and like in a small, like farmhouse, but like, there's like six of us in there, four kids. There's like one shower. And like, I don't know if you grew up like this, but if like somebody flushes the toilet and somewhere else and you're in the shower, it becomes like freezing cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like you're in the shower and it turns freezing cold. You're just like, you're just yelling downstairs. Ah, I got this 
this or somebody like turns on the water or turns on the dishwasher or something like that. So like, and you get the brain freeze of the, the cold shower. So it's, it's definitely not my thing, Radley. Um, I do know it's, it, I guess there's like, if you're uh, a professional athlete or you're, you're a big uh, workout uh, individual that it does replenish stuff that, I don't know. Well, it's supposed to do something. I I, I saw one yeah. thing that says it's supposed to be great for your pores. And it's like, I don't care if my pores are the size of manhole covers. I'm not getting into a bucket of ice. Yeah. Have you ever had a cold shower? Have you ever had a cold shower? They, they just topped in saying, let's say the water was out, the hot water was out. Just saying, I still need a shower. I need oh, yeah. a shower. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I've never done it saying, you know what? This is fantastic for me. Like it's out of necessity because I got to be bathing, but I don't. I've never got into a shower and said, I really want to cause pain to myself right now. Would you have, okay. So I would have, I would not have a shower. I would not have a cold shower. I would kind of help my cleanse myself in other ways rather than have a cold shower. <laughs> yeah, that would, I, I at, the, at the age I am now, I don't need my heart to stop by jumping into a, a shower like that. Yeah. And, and there are, other ways to get clean these days so you're you're right i mean maybe if you were lost in the wilderness for days and you finally found the one waterfall and you said okay but i mean i'm getting into weirdness here but i just the, the, it just the idea but somehow somehow this has become a thing and and i mean we're going to talk next hour a little bit about social media but this is one of the Pros or cons, I guess, of social media is that somehow people see this stuff and are convinced this seems like a really good idea. And I don't know who those people are. So is it? Yeah, I, I know you're saying we're, we're going to talk about this coming up about like the social media, the pros and cons. But is, is it to to pose like you're doing something so you're getting the reaction from individuals and like the congratulations on what you're doing? Maybe, maybe to get to, uh, to get hits, but there are people who are doing it, who are not posting it online, who have truly been convinced. And there may be people listening right now who truly are convinced and maybe they've got science or some kind of science behind it, but that this is really healthy for you. I I, I mean, what are the, the Swedes do like the sauna to the snow and then back to the sauna, yeah. right? So maybe there's something to it. I don't know. But it just okay, seems but like I, I'm behind, like I, I can get behind that. I'm, I'm down with that. I can do, I can do a sauna. A sauna. A sauna. We talked about a sauna yesterday on the show. The, the car. Oh, there was a, you, you may not have caught this yesterday. There was a car in Norway that drove off the road and crashed into a river or something. And they were rescued by a floating sauna. A sauna. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, you know, I just, I don't, I'm amazed at some of these health things that come along these health fads. And many of them seem to me to be, Okay, you know, whatever. But again, the idea of filling up a tub with as many ice cubes as I can find and some water and submerging myself and then saying, this is great for me. Uh, uh, Tim, I don't know. I, I'm there. Well, are what do you do? What's your, what's your weird thing? You got to be doing a weird thing. You're, you're a weird guy, lovely guy, but like, do you have a weird thing? <laughs> a weird health Thing? Yeah, I'm not uh, a health thing. No, no, it doesn't have to be a health thing. It just, just be like, yeah, like what do you do that people are just like, huh? What? Why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. Work two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be part. No, I don't know. It's it's 
there's there well we all see i don't know that most of us recognize the weird thing it's what's talked about us behind our back when they go do you know that that guy does that um yeah. yeah i don't know but i'm not i'm not going to be submerging into ice it's just i don't care how good it may be for you i i i figure that this is one of those things that's everywhere right now and when the first person gets in and has a heart attack and dies it'll all just stop Okay. I know the the first time that I do it, I'm going to do it with Scott Radley, though. Me and you on buddy. the show on let's on morning it. live. Let's do it. Come on, a pal. Double submergence. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know. We can we can recreate. I get the door. I'll I'll float on the door while you get to go in the water. We'll recreate Titanic. No, there should be. There's enough room. We can both <laughs> be on the door. There is a, there is enough room on the door. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Tim, I mean, this is, this is like for most people, when you get up at the time you do, this is like midnight for most people, right? In, in Friday night, one time. It's, fr- it's Friday night, Radley. Come on, baby. Well, that's Weekend. true. That's Come true. On. All right. Um, so yeah, we, it's, it's, it's all good. That's that. I don't know. There's like, there's something in me that I can, I can, I don't know. I can, I can push through. Push so, through. All right. You can push, push through. Well, there's not too many that I'll push through, but it's for, for Scott Radley. I definitely will. Oh, that's very appreciated. All right. Yeah. That's the uh, voice, as I say, of Tim Boland from CHCH Morning Live. You can see him with Annette Palm every weekday morning, except, of course, not on Saturdays, as he mentioned, so he can stay up late. We'll, we'll go all night here doing this then. Ew. How um, doing the show now and being up uh, at this hour, this is going to sound like a weird question, but how's the dad bod? Is the, are, are you staying in shape or have you got the, uh, the dad bod going right now? So I'm like, we were talking earlier about like the ice bath and weird things that people do. I do have a weird thing that I'm, that I'm doing that I, because when you work these hours, you're so routine based. Um, yes, I have a dod bod. So like, I'll just say that out front, but I need to like, because I like to eat whatever I want, I feel I need to like, sacrifice other things so like i'll like have to get up earlier in the morning than i normally do to maybe jump on the bike and try to work out some calories and try to work out as best i can um but at this the age that i am which is um (laughs) you yeah there's certain things that don't uh they start growing in certain where in certain places that you're not used to well, uh, and I asked that for a reason, because at the age you are, regardless of what age that is, I don't know if you saw the photo this week from the Kansas City Chiefs locker room after their last win on the weekend to get to the Super Bowl. There was a photo of Patrick Mahomes with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that Patrick Mahomes, of all people, was going to be sporting the dad bod. But I guess it gives hope to every all the rest of us. He was... There was no crisp lines on the upper torso of Patrick Mahomes. Specifically because as like, you, aren't you the president of the Patrick Mahomes fan club? Yeah, something like that. Yes. the, the <laughs> Yes, you were listening. Yes, that's uh, okay. But I, yeah, I just, I was surprised. I thought a guy in his late 20s, I think he is maybe early 30, but still at when you're an NFL player, you kind of just expect you're going to kind of be chiseled or okay. So for one, when I saw that pit, I thought that was from like years ago. I did not. I like, I, I just saw that. I just assumed it was an old picture. I did not know that that was from this week. So then I thought about it and, um, 
there's so much talk right now of who you're comparing Patrick Mahomes to, and there's one person that everybody's comparing him to. Which is? Be, uh, that would be Tom Brady. Okay. Um, and Tom Brady, he does not have a chiseled physique as you 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 would think now like as he's as he got later in his playing days he did dedicate himself to fitness and not eating anything and eating a lot of avocados <laughs> he um, didn't have a strange diet later on yeah you know what i mean you're just like what no i'm not doing that uh <laughs> but it, but it does go to show that me and you could play in the NFL rather. I think that that's the that was the lesson I took from it, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a few years older, as in double his age, but I'm not double his size. And I looked at this and I went, you know, it, a few more days at the gym, and I am honestly, I'm not that far off Patrick Mahomes, and that's not a compliment to him. <laughs> That's there is like, like I don't know. Did you watch the um, the great Netflix series called uh, Quarterback? Yeah, watched. Yep, I did. Um, very fascinating. Like there is, he does have a, a workout regimen, and I think maybe the workout regimen that he has is more about flexibility, about agility, about movement, about um, putting his body in certain situations that bodies maybe aren't used to. And even from like looking at some of the highlights from their win over the, over the Ravens, like he was contorted in certain ways that the body like shouldn't really be. And then he was right back out there again. So I don't think when it comes to him, it doesn't really matter about if you got a six pack because there's people with six packs that's, and and pecs and whatever and just like just built they get hurt all the time nobody's ever nobody's ever been on the injured list with pulled fat no like i don't maybe that's the thing to do it maybe that's we were talking about the ice bath bad maybe like maybe that's what i that's what we should be doing maybe we should we should uh we should celebrate our bodies. I uh, well, uh, I'm not going to celebrate too much. There's no fireworks over here, but <laughs> I, I I do think though, and I really do believe this. I do think that we have reached a point in modern sports where some guys are so fit and so um, whittled down and in such absolutely meticulous condition that there isn't a lot of room for anything. That that they are so tightly everything is taught and and that's i i really believe that's why some of these guys who are in such great shape we see achilles blow and we see knees and stuff it, because their body just there's nowhere for anything to go it's so tight yeah and as i'm getting i don't know like i do like to work out and just keep in shape but i i'm finding too is like like stretching and being able to do that is more important than let's say doing push-ups and sit-ups because the the flexibility factor does kind of i don't know it it, it is quite important when as you're getting up there in age i have not touched my toes since 1992 so it's uh and probably not going to be starting anytime soon to be honest but but here's the good thing knowing you you can see your toes that's that's true no i can i can that's uh, that's one thing you know who else i saw a picture of this week online and it blew me away 
It was a picture of Gary Bettman from the day he was introduced as commissioner of the NHL. 31 years ago this week, Gary Bettman took over the NHL. And when you look at him, it, it, it's stunning how young a man he was when he took over. I mean, he's in his 60s now, I think, late oh, I think 60s. He's 70. He's 70. Is he 70? Yeah, you think he's 71. All right, all right. But he it's he was such a young man who took over. And you know, I know around here in Hamilton, there is no love for Gary Bettman because, you know, a variety of reasons. We don't need to go into all the details, mainly Jim Balsley and the Nashville Predators, Jim Balsley and the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jim Balsley and the Arizona Coyotes, and on and on and on. But do you think that Gary Bettman has done a good job as commissioner or not? Okay. So, first off, nobody likes a commissioner. They all get booed everywhere they go. They, they do. They, all They all get booed. So, I think that's a badge of honor for any commissioner. Well, um... NBA commissioner Adam Silver. At this point, he's still. They don't. They don't really boo him. Occasionally booed. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah, not, not, not. Not. as much though. Um, he is. The owners are his boss. They like what he's doing. That's why he's been around for thirty-one years. He is. Um, he's a nerd. <laughs> but he makes the money. And you know, you want a nerd running things. <laughs> that's the thing. He's a big nerd and you want nerd running things. And and I think that's why he's why why he's still running things. Has he done a good job? Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on what you're grading him on. I mean, if you like, look Yeah, it, it's tough to base that as a um am I basing that as a sports caster or as I'm basing that as a as a fan? Either one, like they're he doesn't give you much um, as far as sound bites because I don't know, he does you don't hear from him that much or he doesn't want to, doesn't want to address many things. Um, you always kind of look to like when Ron McLean does kind of sit him down. I don't know if that's you no know, generally at the all-star game and kind of grills him for things. And there's that friction between the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of an, that's kind of an annual thing, but that's a lot of the time where you, where you see things. Um, has he, has he, he's, he's grown the game and it's a game that I love. So how can I, how can I say that he's done a horrible job? Well, that, from a business perspective, Tim, a hundred percent, like look at the amount. Well, I don't even remember what it was. 750 million for the last expansion. I think Seattle, something like that, 800 million, something in like that. The Ottawa senators just sold to Michael Landlauer for a billion dollars. If you had told anybody 31 years ago that a team in Ottawa was going to be worth a billion dollars. Yeah. People would have taken you for post concussion testing. They would, yeah. because there's no chance that that was going to. So from a business perspective, there's no question. I don't think that he has done a good job, even though no one around here wants to hear that from a hockey perspective. Yeah. That's a, that's a trickier one. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's, there's a renaissance in the in the United States right now with uh, with hockey too because their coverage of um, of hockey on TNT and ESPN it's a little different than we're seeing up here. It's it's a, they're, they're they're trying they're they're driving a younger audience to uh, to the game, which is which is I don't know why do we care about if people are watching in the states? I don't know because we love the game and we want more eyeballs on our game. 
You know what I mean? It's always been the fourth pro sport. It doesn't get it doesn't get talked about down south. Why do we care about that? I don't know, but we do for some for some for some for some reason. Um well, over well, I mean, and they are doing some cool stuff. Like I I've I'm glad you mentioned this because it hasn't come up on the show. We were going to talk about it one of the these days, but it is amazing to me still that the intermissions on hockey up here, and I forgive me to all the people who work on them, but they are so dull. And mm. down in the States, they're trying some stuff and they got Gretzky on there and they've got yeah. Paul Bissonette and they've got others. And it's actually, it's, it's really entertaining. And I just can't figure out how we're still doing the same thing we were doing in 1965 with Ward Cornell. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Yeah, they're um good well and boy, uh Paul Bissonette, by the way, too. And he's doing like he's I don't know, he's kind of really he's driving. A star. A lot of yeah, he's a, star. He's, he's, he's a superstar and driving a lot of with his uh spit and chicklets. And I know they're in town with the uh with the um NHL All-Star game in Toronto, which is which is really cool. The uh, one sorry, go ahead. I want maybe we don't because we they, they know that we're gonna watch. You know what I mean? No matter what. Like any Saturday night in my household, I'm assuming in your household, we know what's going to be on. So just don't risk anything. Just play it safe and play it straight. And we don't have to take any chances. You you know, you you know, what's going to be on. Um, And I know there's backlash with, with, with Ron and like Ron's a bit of an idol of mine, just because I just appreciate what he's done with his, with his career and what he's done, all the, all the stuff that he's done for hockey. So that's, that can be debated, but I think I think he's an idol. Um, but yeah, I I think because they they can't, because we that we're we're hockey obsessed. We're gonna we're gonna watch no matter what. Where they have to they have to push the boundaries a little bit more down south. The one question I will have on the anniversary of Gary Bettman becoming commissioner and whether or not he's doing a good job. I mean, I read this week, and you probably saw the same report that. Atlanta is it's very serious apparently Atlanta is being considered for another team and I'm like how many times does Atlanta how many times does a city have to show it doesn't want hockey the flames thrashers and now we're going to bring hockey back there again at a certain point Gary Bettman as you say has expanded the game but there are some times when it's almost looks like he's so stubborn with with Arizona Maybe with Atlanta, it's like, okay, really? Like you can't, we can't go somewhere else with the game to try it where it has not, not worked. Like go to Kansas city, go to Oklahoma city, go to Houston, try something else. Atlanta again, really? I know there's a, an arena in Quebec city Uh that is sitting uh, empty and has been for a few years that might, uh, might be looking for something, which is a little touchy for our listening region too, because yeah, we know all about the details about Hamilton, um, Atlanta. It's, it's bogus. It's, it's ridiculous. I, you, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, it's, uh, it failed miserably like, because, okay, I could, I can understand if there's an owner that does not, that wants to sell the team, let's say Cleveland Browns and like needs to get them out of there. But the, like the support was just not there for the, the Atlanta thrashers. No, no, I know. I know like Atlanta is a, is a big city in the United States and they, they want to have presence there, but it just didn't work. It just didn't work. 
there is also, um, I, I forget the name of the individual from Utah that also has come out and said that he wants to put some money towards, um, it might be the owner, is it the owner of the Utah Jazz? Anyways, there's, there's, an, there's an owner in Utah that wants to bring um, the NHL to Utah. So my concern with this is there's 32 teams, Scott. We don't need any more teams. Let's but be. Let's, but let's they be love more. they love that expansion money. I, I know, but like the 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 product is diluted to begin with. We do not need more teams now. There is the relocation opportunity, possibly of Arizona, because who knows what the heck is happening there, playing in an arena that fits under six thousand people. But this goes back to to Bettman and one of his downfalls is the obsession, his obsession of that he was right, that he proving that it can work. I think it seems that way. It does seem that way. Quebec, we got to run. Quebec City is now Hamilton. I really believe that Quebec City. I they're never going to put a team there because you always need to have a rink ready for an NHL team that you can use as a threat that we're going to take something there to squeeze something out of something out, uh, other world, some, something elsewhere. And it was long Hamilton. If you don't, if you don't give that city a new rink, they're going to move to Hamilton and they would always come up with it. Well, now that's Quebec city. Quebec city has become us. And I hate to say that because I'd love to see a team there again with the battle of Quebec, but I just, I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's too, it's too good for them to have that threat. We were chatting briefly about social media. There was a really interesting Senate hearing in the States. I don't know how many people got to see part of it, highlights of it, any mention of it. Mark Zuckerberg, again, he, this is not the first time, was called up in front of this Senate hearing. And he was grilled about social media and what kids are exposed to and what social media companies are doing or not doing to protect kids if that's their responsibility and the, really the, the the point that seemed to be made is social media is as it currently is designed is harmful to kids that was the underlying theme of the questioning and the points that were made do you believe social media is harmful to kids Oof. it's a tough one right on a friday evening at this time yeah it's it's hard to judge as a user of social media because I'm a user of social media. Um, I use it in my profession. Um, it's actually vital to my profession. It's become vital. I, I use it um, each each and every day. I do have kids, um, so there's the the parent perspective, and I did watch some of the, I didn't watch the actual, um, the Senate hearings, but I did watch kind of, uh, some of the news clips, news clips from it and of the parents who were in the crowd watching it with pictures of their kids who many have passed away, which they blame on social media. Yes. And I had a conversation with my wife, Liz saying, how do parents not know? Like, is that, how can you blame these people when it's, it's the, isn't the parents responsibility? But then she brought up a good point because a lot of the time, because when we were watching this, our kids were downstairs and she's like, do you know what they're watching downstairs right now? And I said, I don't. 
And do you know what they're that what they're what they're watching besides you? that? Now my kids are not on social media at this point. They're 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 younger than that, so we're not we're not quite there yet. And we'll kind of reach that when we get there. But it is a different. It is an interesting perspective. Like as a parent, you 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 think you know what's going on in your parents' life. But there there was a story where um a mom was concerned. No. Mom didn't even know that her daughter was talking to somebody on social media that was much older than than she was and had actually booked a trip to come and visit this young individual before they were um, before they were alerted that that was not that was not proper. Um, so. Is it dangerous to kids? I I, I think it. I think it is. It's changed everything in our world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, it has. And and I I like your point, and I, I I give you credit for the point about the parents' responsibility. And I do think that that factors in. I don't think that as a parent, I've had kids that are grown now, but I don't think that as a parent, you get a free pass to have no involvement and to throw up your hands and say, "Well, I couldn't do anything." I think you can. But this, I really believe, makes it way harder for the reasons you just explained. Social media is portable and you're not over your kid's shoulder 24 hours a day. They're on their way to school. They're on their way to their friend's houses. They're on the bus. They're wherever. It It's really difficult. You can talk to them. You can maybe check their phone, If but some people would say that's invading their privacy. You can do some things, but I don't know that you can stop them from being exposed to everything on social media. In fact, I'm positive you can't. How do you how do you stop them from living their life on right. social media? I think that's the key because I know people, maybe you know people, maybe people listening know people that live their life on social media. That looks like their life is much better than it is on social media if they might have had a great night or maybe they had an awful night but it looked like they had a great night because on social media it looked great i know i know somebody that if you're out with them and let's say for their birthday and they don't post something about their birthday they would be upset about it because they want the adulation of others through social media. And that's the downfall of social media. Listen, there's pros and cons of social media. As I said, right off the top, it it it, it helps me immensely in in my role in the media and helping me prepare for the show and and understanding what's uh what's going on and and trying to get different perspectives and and even using it as a tool for the show to communicate with viewers. Yep. You know what I mean? Um there, there, there's that aspect. So that's that's the positive. Do the negatives outweigh the positives? You just Do raised something that I had not considered, but you're bang on. So I, when I'm thinking of the the Senate hearing and thinking of the negatives, I'm thinking of the the negative stuff that kids might be exposed to that they're not ready for, they're not prepared for, they don't know how to handle it sexually charged things or things that are way beyond that that. that was it? But you know what? You just raised something that I think is even maybe, maybe bigger. And it's when you were talking about people, you know, who go out and they show something and it makes their life look great. If you're a kid who can't discern what you just said, that 
I recognize that that person, probably their life is not perfect, even though it looks like it. If you're a kid, can you discern that? Or do you then look at them and go, my life sucks. I don't have any of that. And is it causing self-doubt, self-esteem issues, depression issues? Like it's not just the stuff you're exposed to. It's the stuff that you don't have in your own life that I think maybe social media makes you think you should, or something's wrong with you. And, and even um, people get trying to get work done. So they look better on social media. Like again, all of that type of. Yeah. It's a great point you make. It's a great point. It's, 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 it's fake. It's not real. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that human, that human interaction that that I think is important that we, that we do need. That's, so, it's a terrific point. I hadn't even, you know, it never even crossed my mind until you said it. And it's not just the stuff you see, it's the stuff you don't see in your own life. We, what, and what's the future? Where, where are we going here with this? Like, what does it, it's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? They're not going to like, let's say Congress or or Parliament up here. Like, I guess you you can put in regulations and and, and stipulations to 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 limit certain things. It's not getting eliminated. This is we're we're living with this now. Um, we'll have we'll have to deal with it. And but how do we morph into a world where my kids, um, that's all they've ever known. Is, yep. is, a, is, a, is a world with social media where I, I, we both know the world before it was. You, you, you know what I mean? And oh, was... 100%. Yeah, I don't know how you... I mean, there's, the, the genie is out of the bottle. So it's a question of how do you massage the it's a what a weird metaphor how do you how do you, you but how do you deal with it how do coming you up after the, the coming up after the break yeah. how do you massage Spe the genie speaking of inappropriate content let's massage the genie after the break yeah no no i i, I you're right i i don't know how you because it's out there and it's not going back and whether it's mark zuckerberg or someone else it's not going back i don't know how you deal with that but you know, again, I think that's maybe where the parents just have to monitor more. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but you know what, Tim? I, I don't know. I know how you got to be the co-host uh, when that spot opened up. But how did you end up on TV? I, you know what? Let's just go back. And this is not really the new stuff we've been talking about. How did you end up on TV in the first place? Uh, failed actor. <laughs> really? Literally. Literally, yeah. I, I mostly because you couldn't say literally. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, what time is it? Um, I went to Brock University. I took sports management. Oh, and... Same as my son. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, class of uh, two thousand one. Um, I'm aging myself there. Uh, and then and then got into like say sales worlds and didn't really didn't really like it. And I was like, I remember that I watched Oceans Eleven and I saw Brad Pitt and uh, George Clooney. I'm like, yep, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be an actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the next day I went out and like took some like acting classes and like started doing that and then got an agent and then went to went to uh, an audition and i think like by third or third or fourth audition i got like this commercial which is like a us national like reason commercial if you're listening like type into youtube like reason the, these like candies reason candies that was like this 
commercial that I got was like, it was great. I was like, ah, oh, this, this acting stuff is easy. I got a couple more commercials after that. And then I went like oh for 97 on commercials <laughs> and didn't get anything else. And then didn't really realize that I was not that good at uh, acting. <laughs> I've always I've always loved the whole commercial thing because it seems as though there's always the one guy or the one woman who appears in every commercial for a, yeah. a, a while where you see them like in everything and then you never see them again. But they're they the were it person. They're like the yes. it commercial person. Yes. Yes. You, and you I can and... picture a couple of them in my mind and I have no idea who they are and I don't know where they've gone because they're no longer doing them, but they were everywhere for a while. Yeah. 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 So I guess that wasn't, I never really got to that stage, but I did get a couple of them anyways. And then, but then just realized it was not, that was not for me. So I went back to school. I went to Seneca and, and took a broadcasting course. And um, from, from there, I did get a job out of, out of school. I worked at the weather network and the weather network is a, was a great job because you go on camera and there was no like there was a clock that you had to, you had like 5 minutes to talk and then about and there's no script there's no teleprompter you just had to talk about the weather or about whatever yeah weather would be essential because it was um because it was a weather station but i <laughs> talking about other things um as uh, as i generally do but but if it but if what the clock went down to like zero and you were still talking, it doesn't matter. It would just end, and then you're ending the you're ending your throw to break like awkwardly. So it, it's a good. It was just a good uh, breeding ground for um, broadcasting skills. And anybody that does want to be a broadcaster, it just it it just takes any. It takes time, just building that muscle of. Of, of skills it just you just have to you just have to work at it and luckily i was i was able to work in a few other jobs and and then i came to um ch it's coming up on i think about it's a, a dozen years ago for this like silly not silly but it was super super early it was a really early morning show it was even before morning live it was called morning live first edition and i auditioned for it and i got it so then I, the, the show was on from 4 a.m until 5 30 <laughs> leading up to um, like Bob and Annette starting starting morning live. So I so I did even that Bob for... and Annette at that time were going four o'clock. Are you insane? Yeah, That's it, early. It, it was it it was crazy. But like I I'm I'm a bit of a different breed where I am a morning person. So I so I can I can do it. Like I'm I've always been somebody that does like to get work out of the way. Um and I, I'm able to I'm able to sleep and and be able to do that. So I'm a little I'm a little quirky that way. Um, but there's just a, there's a style of the of morning TV that that I like of unpredictability, and the the first thing in the morning having people wake up to like some like important news of what you maybe you missed while you were sleeping, but still a little bit of fun and uh, an entertainment and a silliness and I don't All know. Right, what's I the most ludicrous thing? That, what's the most ludicrous thing they asked you to do ever? Oh man. Um, probably what is I, I did have to do the, uh, the edge. Have you done the edge walk on the CN tower? I have not. And nor do okay. I intend to, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So that's something that I had to, that's something that I had to do. And I'm somebody that I didn't think I was afraid of heights. And then I got up there and you know, when your knees go jelly, <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. you know and here's the other thing but then you're you're harnessed in you're harnessed in if anybody's listening that has done the edge walk you know what i'm talking about you're harnessed in 
but it's like a seatbelt, Radley. So you know, like, you know what a like seatbelt? It doesn't catch until it needs to catch. So like they they you're able to walk around, but then they want you doing tricks off the edge of the CN Tower. <laughs> So you're leaning over the edge of the CN Tower, but this thing that's attached to you is not catching. <laughs> There's only one person who should be doing tricks off the CN Tower. His name was Dar Robinson, and he was the guy years ago who parachuted off there for a movie. Oh, he was a man. stunt man, and I don't know why I remember his name. Let's see, this is probably you have the same problem, is stuff gets stuck in the brain that isn't important, but is just there. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah so... The, so... <laughs> Um, so that, so that was quite ridiculous. That, that was in a, a kind of in a former, former, former gig before I took over for Bob, um, last year, it was kind of, kind of call a rolling with Bolin where I was out in the community nice. and doing, doing, doing a lot of, uh, fun and interesting things. So Emily Vukovic has taken over that role and doing a great job in it. What so rhymes I'm, with Vukovic? You can't really have rolling with Bolin. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're trying to, we're trying to figure out a name for, 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 for her. <laughs> hair segment but listen um annette and i yeah we have uh we have some good times together and, and good laughs and yeah no doubt uh, no well listen it's, I, it's, I, just, I, it's just a lot of it's it's just a lot of fun and that's that's that, that's the, the 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 biggest compliment anybody could ever give me is just uh, if they do meet me on the street and a lot of them so people people are so kind too it's just like you're the same person that you you guys are on camera because that's that's the really the the main goal that we try to do you guys are you and Annette both. I, I will. I will absolutely vouch for that. That uh, that there's no um, there's no extra or showbiz or whatever else. You guys are uh, you guys are the same. So listen, I appreciate yeah. you her coming on. I appreciate you coming on and and doing this. Really do. Uh, that is uh, Tim Bolin. You can see him. Well, not tomorrow morning, but Monday morning. You can catch mm -hmm. him on uh, CHCH Morning Live. Tim, really do appreciate you taking some time to come on and do this. Anytime, Radley. I love what you do, and I'm always following and uh, trying to keep up with your... How many jobs do you have? You got about 16, don't you, these days? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm scaling back on the male modeling, so that'll make it a little easier. But um, yeah, Dude, show I, off that dad bod. Come on. The, the dad bod, yeah. The, the last modeling I ever did, true story, was when I was about six. I was in the Simpsons wish book uh, for Christmas, set, modeling Tonka toys. And um, yeah, it's, it's it's gone downhill from there in the modeling world. But uh, anyway... Tim Bolin, really appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Paul. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.